we welcome into the program from ESPN San Antonio and blogging the boys. We say good morning to RJ Achoa. RJ, it's the off season. We don't normally talk cowboy football in the off season, but they're in the news again today. Well, uh, good morning to you guys. Happy almost weekend. Um, yeah, uh, you know we talk Cowboys all off season long because uh, you know the, the you know generally we 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 like to you know we like to be on the hunt for the good things the you know the would be draft prospects liking tweets of themselves and in, in Cowboys photoshops. Uh, but uh, but the last few weeks have been anything but the sort. You know, uh, one of the things that we were talking about this morning is Jerry Jones loves that the Cowboys are being talked about when it comes to things like coaches. I mean, he, there's a, you know, he went on uh, one of the radio stations in, in Dallas and, and talked about, uh, Hey, all three talking about Kellen Moore, McCarthy and, and uh, Dan Quinn. They'd all love to be the head coach of the Cowboys. He likes to stir that stuff up, but this, uh, this story with Rich Dalrymple, that's, that's, that's another turn, isn't it? Very much so. I mean, to your point, um, you know, Jerry's, season-ending radio interview there on the fan in Dallas uh, came the, the Friday after the season ended, which was the Friday before the divisional round. And that was the Friday that he declined to fully commit to McCarthy for the 2022 season. And I, I believe, you know what you said, I believe Jerry wanted, you know, the Cowboys to be in the A block of stories on NFL Network and ESPN as divisional Sunday was getting ready to go because the Cowboys themselves weren't playing in them. And so you're right. I, I think he loves that, but uh, but but the report yesterday from ESPN, obviously extremely troubling, extremely concerning. Um, you know, it, 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 I think I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, in a, in a technical sense so far, all allegations. But um, the, the evidence that exists, at least, um, certainly certainly lends belief to, to the idea that these things happen, which would, would be deplorable and uh, would, would obviously be very unbecoming of Rich Darrymple, but, but extremely unbecoming of the Dallas Cowboys for tolerating that behavior and for having him around for seven years after the fact. How to, how does the front office, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and, and everybody, how do they maneuver around this now that it's starting to gain legs and, and really turning their heads toward the Cowboys? Because I've seen even where it's, okay, the Cowboys are no different than the Washington Red football team, whatever you want to call them, but you know they're being compared to them now. I I think that comparison's fair. I'm you know and 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 that's a difficult pill to swallow. Um, but you know, uh, crime is crime. You know, heinous activity is heinous activity, and and the Cowboys uh, seem to have a culture of that. Uh, again, uh, if these allegations are, are true, and I mean, as far as how do you handle that? I I mean. I, I think you, you know, if, if you're the Cowboys, you follow the playbook of the commanders. I mean, you know, I, it's hard to say, you know, the team A or team X or team Y has been accused of worse. This, this is all bad. There's, there's no measuring, you know, one of these things against the other and saying, well, at least this, no, like it's, it's all disgusting. Um, but you know, what, what has been the actual punishment for the commanders outside of, you know, the world thinking, you know, at the lowest possible thing of them, there have been no legitimate repercussions. There have been no legitimate, um, you know, consequences for their actions. And so I think, you know, if you're the Cowboys and I, I hate that this is the way, you know, the, the world works, I guess you could say, but you just bide your time. You, you, you know, abide by the, the non-disclosure. You offer your no comment when you're asked about this. 
and you wait until next week when, I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm making this up, but Kyler Murray demands a trade. And then that takes the front and center, you know, moment of the NFL news cycle. Um, and that, that's generally how these things tend to go, which is really unfortunate and really sad. RJ, from the mess off the field to the mess on the field, when you look at the past two Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay and the Rams, they both kind of just went all in on one season. At this point, I feel like this is probably the trend that we're going to see going forward, but from a Dallas perspective, what must they do? And do you see Jerry Jones going to the extreme? I mean, Tom's, you know, Tom is what it is with him. Uh, do you, does he go all in? I mean, you know, I think, you know, there is this impression of Jerry Jones that, that exists, um, you know, and, and we get this a lot. And, you know, I'm sure you guys get this a lot. People say, oh, Jerry will do whatever. Jerry will cut any check. Jerry will sign any free agent, you know, and, and I can promise you there will be a free agent this year, a big name, you know, that, that you know, it's leaked that they have interest in the Cowboys. And, and we'll, we'll write about it at Blogging the Boys because, hey, I, I, I like my job. But, I mean, those things will not happen. I mean, they, they are not that team. They are notoriously cheap and frugal and have been for, you know, it, it was 10 years ago that the Cowboys gave big-time money to Brandon Carr, and that spooked them. They, they have been turtles in their shells uh, ever since then because they feel like they got burned by that deal. And so they are no longer the team that lines up to spend the moment that free agency begins. They bargain hunt. They look under every rock. They are afraid of losing draft picks or draft capital and affecting the compensatory draft pick formula. And so they just want they, – they believe that they are the, you know, early 2000s Green Bay Packers that can build entirely through the draft. And there's a big sector of the Rams roster that is homegrown and developed. And so, you know, it, it can't be one or the other. But there can be these moves that you facilitate along the way. The Matthew Stafford move obviously kind of headlines everything. But they traded for Von Miller in the middle of the season. Odell was obviously a free agent, and, and there's some luck that goes with that. But, you know, they, they kept going. The, the Rams just, you know, um, like like Herb Brooks in the movie Miracle, you know, just again, again. I mean, more trades, more. Who cares? I mean, they found their formula. They made it work. And, and I, I really, really doubt that the Cowboys are going to be keen on letting that happen for themselves. Um, and, and I think they'll keep, you know, they'll keep toiling in this. And, and you know, it's the Sean Payton of it all now, I mean, this, this season feels so much more dead on arrival than any that I've covered in recent memory. All right, so there's no question they need help on the offensive line. I mean, we, we all know that. Uh, so do they go get that through free agency? Do they do that through the draft? How, does, how do they put pieces together to, to make sure that, you know, they don't average a yard and a half a carry or whatever it was? I don't you know. You, you know what I'm saying. They just weren't very effective in the running game. And that offensive line just wasn't very good. Sure. And I think the first moment or first thing that needs to happen is, is, is a real come to terms moment. I mean, there's, there's a lot of introspectiveness that needs to happen. There's, you know, we need to put like, we need to send the Cowboys to one of those like fun houses with mirrors. Like they got to look in every mirror, like the wavy mirror, the wonky mirror, the straight up normal mirror, because they, you know, they do not want to acknowledge or realize that, Tyron Smith's better days have passed him by. Lyle Collins' days maybe have passed him by. Zach Martin is, is, you know, still amazing, but certainly closer to that tipping point than anything else. And so you are kind of back to a maybe average offensive line. And so until they, they reckon with that, you know, reality, they're, you know, they're, they're dealing in, in false hope. And so, but as far as, you know, new blood is concerned, I mean, they're not going to spend in free agency. That's just not how they operate. And so as, as lovely as that would be, 
you know, their free agency acquisition last year along the offensive line was Ty Insecki, who they basically hated halfway through the season and, and refused to play. Um, and so I, I think their plan is to hope and pray and cross their fingers that Kenyon Green, who went to the greatest school in the world, Texas A&M University, uh, will somehow, you know, fall to the 24th overall pick. And that will be their thing because in their minds, they've done it before. They've taken these rookie offensive linemen. They've taken a rookie guard in Zach Martin and turned him into a future pro football Hall of Famer. And so it can be done. And sure, it can be done. Like, you know, you can, you can throw a dart and have it hit the bullseye. But, you know, the reality is you've been dancing around this bar for 26 years and you know, at that point, you know, the bullseye becomes a little bit thinner and thinner and harder to hit. And so um, it's it's hard to believe that they're going to be able to land this thing in just one fell swoop of draft capital. RJ, the Dallas Cowboys will be better in 2022 and one step closer to winning a playoff game if they do what? I know this is an unpopular opinion for some people um, and, a, and another hard truth to reckon with, but if, if they – if they let go of the idea of Zeke Elliott being their identity, I mean, you know, you, there's, that's just, that's not it anymore. You know, there was, there was a time where Zeke was this incredible, you know, not just cog in the machine, but this incredible engine that powered your offense. And that was a wonderful experience. We all had a great time. We all have memories, you know, like our, our Facebook memories pop up every day with all of our statuses with feed Zeke and stuff like that. Um, but, but he's just, you know, and it's not Zeke's fault, not anybody's fault. It's just time. You know, he's just not that player anymore. And, you know, the, the Cowboys, they, they want to win that way. I, I at least believe that, that they want to win by feeding Zeke and him doing the celebrations. And they want that to be their identity. And they want that more than they're willing to adapt and change and adjust to, you know, whatever presents it to themselves throughout the rigors of an NFL game or an NFL season. And so they have to be willing to be flexible, you, you know, it's often, this is an expression I love, be water. That's what you got to be. Be water. Find the crack. Find the way out. Find the orifice that you have to escape from. And that's not who they are. They're, you know, they're like, you know, they're, they're like bacon grease that's been in your fridge for three months. It's just stuck right there. And that, there's no uh, liquidity. There's no malleability to that. It's just the way it is. But they've got to be as loose as possible when it comes to their offensive thinking and disposition. And that's something that we haven't seen from them in quite some time either. So who's the first person to go? Because they can't – I don't see them holding on to this. I mean, is it going to be Dak? Is it Zeke? Is it Amari? I don't see them keeping all of these guys together. You know, they – they, you know, they can't move on from Zeke this offseason. I mean, they they could find a way. I mean, that's that's where you, you know, that's where I would like them to be like the Rams. You know, a year ago or a little bit over a year ago, I suppose somebody would have said, you, you can't move on from Jared Goff. The cap hit is too enormous. I love the Rams are, are just of the mentality. Who cares? You know, we'll we'll carry that dead money. We'll find a way. But you know, him not being on the team makes us better. And I, I wish the Cowboys would 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 operate in a similar fashion. But so I really doubt Zeke is gone. Obviously, Dak isn't gone. It, I mean, it's a very real possibility that they try to save some money by, you know, cutting Amari Cooper, something that they are very known to do because they believe that they can build through the draft is they look at the positions that are deepest throughout the draft and feel like, you know what, we can get our cheap labor there this year. So that means we can move on from our expensive contracts there this year. That's why all the talk exists around Amari Cooper and DeMarcus Lawrence, because this draft has a particularly deep wide receiver and edge rusher class. And so, you know, as, as silly as it sounds on paper, they, they feel, okay, we'll get rid of Amari. We'll get rid of D-Law. We'll save all these millions. 
and then we'll bring in these third and fourth round picks that are on the books for cheap. And, you know, that would be fine. It, it would still not be cool, but that would be fine if, if they said, and we'll use that, that extra cash to go do this. But they won't. You know, they, they had the, the, the most enviable financial position in the entire NFL when Dak Prescott was on his rookie contract. Nobody in the NFL had a franchise quarterback for that cheap. And they did nothing. They, you know, you look at the Rams. They, you know, when they did have Jared Goff on their rookie contract, they were trading from Brandon Cooks and Sammy Watkins and signing, you know, Aqib Tlaib and all these extra players. You look at what the Chiefs did. They signed Sammy Watkins. Even the Bears, with Mitchell Trubisky on his rookie contract, signed Allen Robinson, took advantage of that particular window. That's the most enviable spot you can be in, having a quarterback on a rookie contract. But the Cowboys are the only team who didn't take advantage of it in the right way, and they had the best possible situation of them all. All right, RJ, what do you got on block? the boys for us well i wish i had sunshine and rainbows because i feel like we're, we're in drastic need of them um but you know we, we really have you know we, we get asked all the time like hey hold these guys accountable you know like you know we need some honesty so we've really tried to be as transparent as possible and saying this does not feel good and i i really feel like i know we didn't talk about it much but, but mccarthy's comments to rich eisen this week really highlight a toxic environment brewing. I, I don't know that it's quite toxic yet, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Mike McCarthy. I, I've, I've checked out on him already personally, but I, I don't know how you can't feel for him. Um, and so um, this, this is a really awkward situation where no matter what happens, we're all going to think Sean Payton could do it better. And that might be ridiculous and unrealistic, but that narrative has been created because of what Jerry Jones has done. And so, um, you know, we're, we're already trying, we're, we're getting out the electric paddles and we're, we're electroshocking this body and, uh, we'll see, we're going to get the vitals stabilized and, and hope, you know, hope, hope things take a turn, uh, as spring arrives. RJ, as always, it is a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks a lot guys. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. RJ Achoa from blogging the boys.